Meet Brandy Olson, a leadership coach and organizational designer with decades of experience applying lean agile practices in unconventional contexts. Brandy believes that leaders and teams shouldn't have to choose between doing good work and your own humanity. Take a listen. Hey, Brandy, it is so, so exciting uh, to have you on the podcast, Real Life PMP. And um, it's been hard for us to get together. And I'd love for us to share mm -hmm. that and talk about it. But before we do, I always love to ask this question of my guests. Do you remember how we met? Oh, I so do. I bet you do too. <laughs> I do. But I love how we met because it was at a conference and we got paired together at a, you know, networking table and I'm a total introvert and networking is not my skill. <laughs> and uh, the number of times that I will sit at a table and like have a nice conversation, but like not actually wind up like meeting someone or connecting with them is immense. Um, and we got to sit next to each other and we just immediately connected <laughs> and that has like blossomed into a multi-year friendship and various opportunities to collaborate along the way. So now I remember how we met. I uh -huh. don't remember what year that was. It was, well, it was remember. BC before right? COVID. <laughs> yep, Cause we were in person. We were, we were out in DC. So it was, was in DC. It was at National Harbor. I, it was either. I think it was 18. I think it was 2018, whenever, wherever the, remember. or whenever the Agile Alliance mm -hmm. was in DC. And that particular day was a day for women in Agile. Mm -hmm. yeah, and because I think I couldn't Agile. make it. Yeah, I couldn't make the rest of the event, but I was like, I, and I was so glad that they had that set aside that you could attend. And it was amazing. It was so wonderful. And like you said, it was so serendipitous that mm -hmm. of all the tables, because there were a lot of women in that room yeah. of all the tables. So and I think you and I both were talking about, I'm an introvert too. <laughs> yes. And we have a picture. I'm going to have to go find that picture because we took a picture together <laughs> and it was great. I'm like, this is my friend. Making friends like that, it's like what actually gives me like hope in the world to continue going to conferences or reaching out because that is what I love the most is like an actual meaningful friendship and relationship and connection. And so that that day was was an excellent one. It was. Do you miss conferences? Yes, I do. Mm -hmm. And also I find that like, as I'm looking out ahead at this year, it, I need to like decide if I'm, which ones I'm going to attend and how to engage. I haven't quite figured out how, how I want to, to be engaged at conferences in terms of speaking and attending. This is the year to like re-examine that. Yeah. I'm, I'm going through that too, because, um, I did attend an event uh, back in December and then I got sick. <laughs> so mm -hmm. now I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to, you know, be a lot more discerning um, because mm -hmm. I'm, I'm sure you're like me. If I'm there with the role, mm -hmm. I'm on it. All right. I'm, yep. I'm getting people like you should attend my event. Mm -hmm. And then when I'm done presenting, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go sleep, slink into my room. Yes. <laughs> the introvert is come, taking mm -hmm. over. But if I just attend as an attendee, I am a wallflower. I'm, yeah. I'm just like, I don't, I don't know what to say to you. And people find it so fascinating. I'm like, I don't know what it is. And like by, by two o'clock done, like asking me to stay for a nighttime networking event. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. I have to dig real deep. I know. Um, or to take a nap or something. Yeah. 
watch TV conferences. Well, with that, when I met you, I got to learn what you do and and Brandy Olson is all about. So I would love, love, love um, for you to share with the audience kind of your 30 second elevator explanation as to what you do. Yeah, so I teach leaders how to design organizations and teams that can get real work done when things are changing all the time, when humans are involved in the work and when the outcomes really matter and the stakes are high. So I do that in a lot of different ways, primarily through my consultancy, Real Work Done, um, and the writing that we do and the content that we create and the consultations that we do with organizations that are really trying to figure out how do we design ourselves to respond to change and how do we design high-performing teams when the targets keep moving and things keep changing. I really like to work with those leaders and organizations that are super complex and yet doing really important work and trying to figure out how to make it happen. That's awesome. Is there like a toolbox or framework that you're using? Like, is this using the ProSci change management? Is this using agile concepts? Yeah, a lot of my work is really grounded in principles of organizational agility or business agility, but I also really integrate human-centered design principles and I'm pretty eclectic in the toolbox that I bring to organizations. I'm a pretty big believer that there's no such thing as a best practice um, unless you happen to exist exactly like the organization next door with all the same people doing all the same things. That's just not reality. So I'm pretty eclectic in in what I bring um, to the mix, but it is very much grounded in agility, agile practices, organizational learning and change, and and that real human-centered design approach. That's pretty cool. So for those folks who are still kind of like, well, give me a little bit more, I guess, what would be the keywords for us to listen for, for us to say, oh my gosh, you got to talk to Brandy. Like what, what mm-hmm. are what kind of challenges or problems or solutions that they're looking for, for us to say, you got to go talk to Brandy or I need to call Brandy. I want to hear from you. If you lead an organization that has, um, an abundance of important work to do and you're struggling with prioritizing or you're struggling figuring out how do we connect these big strategic objectives to like actually getting work done. If you've been looking at the way your teams are organized and thinking this just isn't working, I want to talk to you. I I talked to a leader this morning and what she said is we are working so hard and we are getting nothing done. Oh, she's my leader. Um, And so that that's who... That's how I like to help. That's how I can help. If you're figuring out how do we actually um, do this agile thing, um, how do we apply it to our teams, to our leadership? Um, how do we really take more seriously our capacity to like learn fast and respond to change? Um, I'm your person to help you figure out what does that mean from a design standpoint, mm-hmm. right? So we can talk about what that means in theory. We can talk about what that means from a lot of different perspectives, but how do you actually design your organization? How do you choose who goes on those teams, how work flows to them, and how you make decisions about the structures in your organization to enable that? That's my sweet spot. Oh, I love it. I've got a couple people in mind. Thank you for that. Well, what's a fun fact about you that's not on your resume or on your LinkedIn profile? Mm. Two things came to mind. I'll just tell you both of them. One is that I am a wilderness first responder and instructor. So my very first job in college and out of college was to lead backpacking trips um, with 
teens and college students through the Northwoods of um, the Upper Peninsula of Michigan and the Boundary Waters. And I got to train as a first responder. So this isn't as useful in these virtual settings, but I always <laughs> used to tell people that like, I'm the person who can set your femur if it breaks with a stick and some scarves. Like I know how to, you know, be scrappy. So if you're in this first aid <laughs> conundrum, I'm your gal. The reality is though, being a wilderness first responder ultimately like just trained you to either recognize that this needs a bandaid or we need to evacuate. <laughs> So which is a great clarify. translation to what you do now. Let me tell you, does this I need a those skills <laughs> over and over and over again um, in my work now, because the thing that my mentor taught me when I was originally in this field of um, outdoor education was outdoors are just a tool for learning. It's just a place where we get to go and figure out who we are as people and how we interact together. And I think the work that we do in our organizations, right, ultimately a place where we learn and um and we can learn from a variety of of challenges and unexpected things and funny I use I use those skills all the time although it's been a while well actually I should say I've never actually had to set anyone's femur in real life so I have had to do a few evacuations um I don't get to use those skills nearly as often as I would like (laughs) that's pretty cool and what's the other one I'm a gardener I love to garden Oh, um, I want to talk later. Okay. Yeah. I just, I love um, my native plants and when the world feels chaotic and out of control and I don't know what to do next, which has felt that way a lot in the last few years, I go back to my plants and I think, I think that it counts if I'm creating a better habitat for the bees and the butterflies. I don't Aww. know exactly how it counts, but I think it counts. So when I don't know what else to do, go out to my garden, find some weeds plant a few more plants for the bees. And then I find my, that's awesome. Oh my goodness. We're going to have to talk later after that. I think that that is so important to have an outlet like that. And I think the little things that we can do, it matters, right. For our mental well-being, it matters for the earth. I mean, I'm just excited that, you know, during COVID I gave up use of paper plates. That was hard. My, my kids are like, where are the paper plates? I'm like, wash your dishes. Now we might be using a lot of water in exchange, uh-huh. <laughs> but I just, I could not be okay with being stuck at home and have seeing all these paper plates in the garbage. So I think just any little thing that we can do to kind of help out the environment as well as our, our well-being, And that's pretty yes. neat to know that about you. My husband, Sam, he always says a little bit of a good thing is still a good thing. And that is a mantra that I have brought into my life and my work that um, even if we can't solve the whole big problem, if we can find a next better step forward, it still counts. Mm-hmm. It moves us forward. And, um, and so those little steps and those little bits of good things have worth and value, even if right. we can't do it all, which is encouraging to me as a like recovering perfectionist who <laughs> would like to be able to do it all. A little bit of a good thing is still a good thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. A little bit of a good thing is still a good thing. Words to live by, thanks to Brandy's husband for those words of wisdom. Stay tuned for the next episode with Brandy as we learn about her unique journey into integrating Agile in her organizational design work. Thanks so much for listening.